what's happening in the world. Coming up on NTD News, first, our top stories. Democrat candidate Robert F. Kennedy Jr. says the Biden administration turned down his request for Secret Service protection. He referenced the assassination of his father decades ago. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell plans to serve out the rest of his term in his current role. That's after he froze for 30 seconds during a news conference. The White House has asked the Supreme Court to reinstate a gun rule struck down by a lower court. The judge in that ruling said the administration had exceeded its authority. The family of a fallen Marine says the Defense Department asked them to pay $60,000 to have her body transferred to Arlington National Cemetery. A new report about wrongful payments made during the pandemic. Illinois overpaid by more than $5 billion. The report says most of that money cannot be recovered. Welcome to NTD News. I'm Chris Beers. We start with a complaint from presidential candidate Robert F. Kennedy Jr. He says the Biden administration denied his request for Secret Service protection. In a Twitter statement, Kennedy cited the assassination of his father, Robert F. Kennedy, during his 1968 campaign. He said since then, candidates for president have been provided Secret Service protection, but not him. He explained that the turnaround time for filing a request is usually 14 days, but after over 80 days of no response, he got a denial. Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas said the protection is not warranted. Kennedy cited a 67-page report from a protection firm which detailed different types of death threats and security risks for him. Three new charges have been added to the classified documents case against former President Donald Trump. How will these charges impact his campaign and what else is new in the presidential primaries? To find out, I spoke with Roger Simon, director of the Presidential Roller Coaster 2024, and editor-at-large of the Epoch Times. Roger Simon, thank you for joining us again. I'm pleased to be here. Roger, how are these three new charges just added to the classified documents case against Trump likely to impact his polling here? Uh, his polling? Not at all. It might go up slightly. Probably not much. I mean, you know, I think the people are tired of this stuff. I'm tired of it. We're, we're not a country of elections. We're a country of lawfare. What does that mean? Yeah, I heard well, that. it means that it's being fought out and everything's being fought out in the courts and not, not in uh, the ballot box or whatever, the stuff box, whatever it is. Anyway, so I mean, here's an interesting fact that I read recently that, my, uh, that listeners might find interesting. 75% of the world's lawyers are in America. Wow, <laughs> that's impressive. That's of 3% of the world's population or something like that. Anyway. <laughs> Fascinating. That's good to know. I'll keep that in my back pocket. Good or bad. <laughs> <laughs> so what about the, all these Republican candidates polling in single digits? Why are they still campaigning? Uh, you know, what I call in my forthcoming book, Lust for Politics. They just love to do it. One of the reasons, of course, is they're all secretly hoping something bad will happen to Trump and he'll not be able to serve. Possibility. Secondly, they're auditioning for vice president in a couple of cases. Um, might happen. And Trump has actually said that, that uh, some of them, you know, he mentioned 
both Vivek Ramaswamy and Tim Scott in that regard already. So they're 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 auditioning, and and Ramaswamy's obviously creeping up slightly uh, above what what was expected. Now, talk to us about President Biden. He's campaigning as if he doesn't have any competition in the primary. Does RFK pose RFK Jr. pose an actual threat to him? In my head, he does, but I, unfortunately, in the head of the Democratic Party, he doesn't seem to be. They, the the traditional, or well, they're not traditional. The newer Democrats hate him, and and we saw that in in several of the congressional hearings, but they won't let try to let him speak. There, there's something there. The woke Democrats are totally afraid of this man. And I, I think they're squashing him up to an extent. Now, if something happens to uh, to Biden, if he physically completely fades or he has lawfare against him that's so severe, I think then Kennedy will will have a fight on his hands. It'll, it'll, it'll be all hell breaking loose in the, on the Democratic side. And speaking of lawfare against Biden, how are these recent revelations about the investigation into Hunter Biden likely to impact uh, pre- former President uh, President Biden's campaign? Well, poco a poco, as you say in Spanish, little by little, uh, 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 because first of all, the the mainstream media it does its best not to report it, <laughs> so so it has to come out through uh, lots of other means, including. NTD, but uh, others as well, obviously. And it's beginning to filter into the public. I, I, I see it sometimes in the defensive comments of Democrats. I don't, I don't want to talk about it. So they're hearing about it. They're hearing it about it out of the side of their ears. Now, uh, what the critical mass of that is, is is unclear, but it's getting closer. Well, Roger Simon, director of the Presidential Roller Coaster 2024, thank you. Thank you. Ghost guns are back in the news. The Biden administration asked the Supreme Court to reinstate a rule struck down by a lower court. Ghost guns are weapons that can be assembled at home from kits brought online. They have no serial numbers and require no background check to purchase, making them difficult to trace. The Justice Department and the Biden administration had a rule trying to control the increase in ghost guns. The Texas judge who struck down that rule said the administration had exceeded its authority. The White House warned the Supreme Court that allowing that rule to stand would cause a huge flow of untraceable guns into the U.S. communities. The decision is being reviewed at the U.S. Court of Appeals in New Orleans. The family of a fallen U.S. Marine says they were asked to pay $60,000 if they wanted to transfer her body to Arlington National Cemetery. She was one of the 13 U.S. Marines killed in the 2021 Afghanistan withdrawal. Congressman Corey Mills was the first to make this known after he spoke with the family of fallen Marine Corps Sergeant Nicole G. He told Fox that he was enraged to learn about it. Mills' office says because of a change in legislation, the Department of Defense is no longer obliged to pay for transporting remains. The Defense Department did pay to transfer her body to Sacramento, California, G's place of residence. But when G's family wanted to transfer her body to Arlington National Cemetery, they learned the cost was $60,000. As her husband was trying to find a solution, a nonprofit honoring our fallen contacted him, offering to transfer the body with a private flight. 
Ultimately, another veteran donated to make it happen. The Defense Department is now obligated to cover the costs of internment. Illinois wrongly paid out billions of dollars in unemployment benefits during the COVID pandemic. A new report says part of that money went to dead people or individuals in jail. Here are the details. The Illinois Auditor General published a new report this week. It shows how the Illinois Department of Employment Security, or IDES, paid out fraudulent unemployment benefits during the COVID pandemic. The report shows that IDES reported overpayments for fiscal year 2020 to fiscal year 2022 that totaled $5.24 billion. The report goes on to say that around half the money is gone for good, stating $2.8 billion is classified as identity theft, which is not considered recoverable because it cannot be collected from the real owner of the social security number. The audit states that only around a tenth of the over $5 billion has been recovered. Unemployment across the country was on the rise at the start of the pandemic. This led to an increase in unemployment benefit claims. The report says the state wasn't ready for that, stating IDES did not have a plan in place for responding to recessions and potential surges in claims, which contributed to delays. Millions of dollars also went to jailed or dead people. The report shows that over 3,000 incarcerated individuals received more than 92,000 payments, totaling over $40 million. And almost 500 deceased individuals received over 10,000 payments, totaling $6 million. IDES partly blames the Trump administration for its wrongful payments. The agency says the government implemented a poorly designed and brand new unemployment insurance program. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell plans to serve the rest of the current congressional session in his role as the GOP leader. McConnell's office made the announcement today, two days after he froze for about 30 seconds during a news conference. McConnell was back to work Thursday, but the 81-year-old has faced scrutiny over his health this year, starting in March when he suffered a concussion and broken ribs after falling at a Washington hotel. McConnell has led the Senate GOP for the past 16 years and is the longest-serving Senate party leader ever. Friday's statement does not address McConnell's plans in the next Congress, which begins in 2025. Senator Dianne Feinstein appeared confused Thursday and had to be told to vote. When asked for her vote during a Senate appropriations hearing, the California Democrat began reading from prepared remarks. An aide whispered in her ear, and you can hear Senator Patty Murray telling Feinstein all she has to do is say aye. I note the presence of a quorum. We will now vote to report the Defense Appropriations Bill favorably subject to amendment. The clerk will call the roll. Senator Feinstein. And it funds priorities submitted. Yeah, just say aye. Okay, just aye. aye. At 90 years old, Feinstein is the oldest sitting member in the Senate. She suffered a shingles diagnosis in the spring and has appeared to be in frail health since then. Some of her fellow Democrats have called on her to resign. Feinstein returned to the chamber last month. She previously announced she will not seek re-election next year. After the break, we'll speak with the producer of a new film about gotaways, illegal immigrants who come across the border unvetted. And the Senate Appropriations Committee passes all 12 of its funding bills with little hassle. Senators celebrated the historic moment. More in just a moment here on NTD News Today.
Welcome back. Migrants near Eagle Pass, Texas, waded past floating barriers installed to deter them. They were also seen climbing over wire fences to cross the southern border. The barriers are part of a plan by Texas Governor Greg Abbott, known as Operation Lone Star. It's meant to stop illegal immigrants. In recent months, National Guard soldiers have erected barbed wire fences to prevent migrants from crossing the river. Beyond that, Abbott's Operation Lone Star also involves deploying thousands of National Guard troops, as well as sending illegal immigrants to cities in the north. The DOJ is suing Texas over its use of buoy barriers in the Rio Grande. Most illegal immigrants turn themselves into Border Patrol, seeking entry into the country, but some do not. They're known as gotaways, and an estimated 1.7 million of them have entered the country under the Biden administration. The new documentary, Gotaways, The Hidden Border Crisis, deals with this issue. I spoke with producer of the film, Kay Rubisek, to learn more. Kay Rubisek, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Kay, tell us about the difference between known gotaways and unknown gotaways. Well, gotaways, first off, is a really important term that all Americans really need to know what that is. It's an illegal immigrant, not a legal immigrant. It's an illegal immigrant coming into the country who is intentionally in evading border patrol and border authorities because they know they would not, in most cases, they would not pass a criminal background check and all the other checks that legal immigrants have to pass getting into the country. We know that there is at least 1.7 million of them that have come into the country over the last two years, but there are many, many more that we don't know of. And that's a huge population that's entered our country that, you know, many of them wouldn't pass a criminal background check. And we're finding that uh, many of them do have criminal records from other countries. Got it. And who are these people coming across our border unchecked in the first place? Can you tell us more about that? The two important terms that Americans need to know is not just gotaways, but give ups. So these are the terms that Border Patrol uses and any authorities on the border. They're really familiar with these terms. And because these people are right now heading to your town or your city and they may already be there, you need to know what these are. So give ups are the people that we often see in the media, the mass numbers of people, often women and children, that have surged to the border in large numbers in recent years. They know that they, they want to be found by Border Patrol. Quite often they're going to pass a criminal check, a background check, and they'll be allowed into the country. They're give-ups. They are intentionally giving themselves up to Border Patrol. But it's the gotaways who know they wouldn't get in that way. So while border authorities are dealing with the surge and, and massive numbers of these give-ups, the gotaways are sneaking through the border in other parts of the across the border. And Kinney County, which our movie focuses on right in southern Texas, is one of those hubs where they're coming through. They're the front line protecting all of us from bringing, you know, these these often criminals into the country. So that's a big distinction between who these people are, got-ups and giveaways. Give-ups and, and got-aways. I'm mixing them up there. Sure, yeah, it's tricky. Kay, what would you most like people to take away from watching this film? I think that's the distinction between legal and illegal immigrants is something that we all need to be familiar with. 
But something that shocked me the most working on this movie was the number of regular American citizens, and a lot of them are youth and juveniles, that are going to the border to participate in human smuggling. And a lot of these people, they're being lured by cash on, on TikTok and other social media platforms. They're driving, they're flying in, they're getting rental cars, and they are helping to bring in illegal immigrants. They are taking the gotaways into the country and they're getting arrested for it. But I think if these American citizens knew who they were bringing in, that they're not bringing in legal immigrants, they are often bringing in criminals and they're very often going to be arrested for it, then hopefully they would be deterred. So we, I think, I hope this movie will provide a deterrent for any Americans thinking that they can make a few quick bucks at the border by bringing in, really, the, bringing criminals into the country. So that, that was something that shocked me. And I hope that, <clears throat> excuse me, I hope that the audience will, will get a sense of that too from seeing this movie. Well, Kay Rubisek, thank you very much. Thank you. Gotaways, The Hidden Border Crisis premieres tonight at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Epoch TV. You can also visit gotawaysfilm.com to watch the film and for more information. A Senate committee advances major funding proposals. The bills total billions in funding and were passed with bipartisan support. Senators celebrated the historic feat. The move marks the first time in five years that all 12 individual appropriations bills were passed by the Senate Appropriations Committee with overwhelming bipartisan support before the end of July. The bills include funding for defense, interior environment and related agencies, labor, health and human services, education and related agencies, and homeland security. The entire process was conducted live on video. In a joint statement, Senators Patty Murray and Susan Collins celebrated the committee's achievement but stressed that the bills still need the approval of the full Senate, the House, and the President. Companies now have to report cybersecurity breaches within four days, but the new requirement from the Securities and Exchange Commission faces opposition. The four-day time limit can be extended if the U.S. Attorney General determines that it could pose a risk to public safety or national security. SEC Chair Gary Gensler says that the new rules are aimed to benefit investors, but there has been strong opposition. The Securities Industry and Financial Markets Association complain that the agency is asking for, quote, public disclosure of considerably too much, too sensitive, highly subjective information. It says the four-day reporting timeline may cause companies to publicly disclose information before they have a complete understanding of the incident and that this could impact investors and stocks. Two senators introduced a bipartisan bill to rein in the power of big tech platforms. They say the platforms have been exploiting consumers' data and threatening national security. The bill would create a bipartisan regulatory body charged with policing tech platforms like Facebook, Google, and Amazon. The senators say this would promote competition, protect consumers, and strengthen national security. Digital platforms would risk losing their operating license if they repeatedly violate the law. The bill also entails that dominant platforms must either be owned by U.S. citizens or have a U.S. subsidiary. It would impose restrictions on data processing in certain countries like China and require platforms to identify bots. 
The legislation would also restrict the use of Americans' personal data for targeted advertising and require that users can access and know when their data is collected and processed. A congressional committee held a rare hearing on Capitol Hill on the subject of UFOs. With me here to talk about this is NTD Business's Don Ma. Don, tell us more. Yeah, Chris. So the hearing, it seems like, ended with both members of Congress and witnesses pushing for more government transparency on the issue. Uh, a former commanding officer of the United States Navy who testified said that this is actually a national security concern. Tell us more about what was said in the hearing. So some claim to have seen these unidentified objects. One witness described uh, the capabilities of the objects, such as uh, having the ability to remain completely stationary in Category 4 hurricane winds. And these objects have the ability to accelerate to supersonic speeds very suddenly. Wow. Why haven't we heard more about UFOs? You know, I talked to doc, uh, scientist Dr. Robert Malone earlier. He says there have been, there may have been a concerted effort to hide, to hide this information. So why don't we take a look at that interview right now? Uh, you've talked a lot about this in in, in detail, and you, you were you said you there were some bombshell revelations in that hearing. You've also spoken with UFO uh, investigators on this, so. I just wanted to hear your thoughts. Maybe first give us uh, some context. Why are we having a UFO hearing? So that's a good question. Uh, and uh, it, has, it has many different potential answers. But it appears that there has been a series of events involving whistleblowers disclosing information into the public sphere, including very credible, uh, um, highly credentialed military personnel and intelligence personnel. What they're asserting is that we have a multi-decade history of UAPs, that's the new nomenclature acronym, Unexplained Aerial Phenomena, for what we used to call Unidentified Flying Objects, UFOs. So it's a broader definition. There's apparently assertions that um, uh, these objects would um, uh, accelerate rapidly, move both horizontally and vertically up into space or down into terrestrial space, airspace, and hover. Um, so there's these these kind of salacious, amazing uh, statements that were quite riveting, including that objects, these objects have been shot down, um, that uh, biologic, I'll say, remains have been recovered. Okay, let me just su summarize a little bit what you said. So th the people who testified yesterday, they claim to have witnessed uh, these uh, so-called UFOs, um, and they described their yeah, would you like to say something? Uh, witnessed and or investigated. One of them was a lead on the unit that has been designated for investigating these events. This, this I think, is the real story, is that uh, there is the appearance, if, if what is being related by Congress is true. There has been a concerted effort to hide all of this information from congressional oversight. And it's the whole thing is remarkably similar to what we've seen again and again and again now since Operation Mockingbird in the 60s, where we have a coordinated effort by press, uh, corporate media, and uh, the intelligence community to uh, selectively craft and uh, modify narratives using tools like uh, defamation, uh, gaslighting, et cetera, 
Um, and we see this, obviously we saw a lot of it during the COVID crisis. We're seeing it deployed politically on a routine basis. And it appears that this has been uh, deployed in this topic area, whatever the merits are, for a very long time. And as far as I'm concerned, that's the big story right now. All right, Dr. Malone, uh, I wish we had more time. Maybe we can continue this conversation another day, but thank you so much for your time today. My pleasure, and I uh, hope you have a great day. Thanks, Don. President Biden is taking his economic message to Maine. He's in Auburn, where he plans to sign an executive order that encourages American manufacturing of goods invented in the U.S. The state has seen a significant drop in manufacturing over the last few decades. Once a hub of factories, textile mills, and paper plants, Maine has lost more than 42,000 manufacturing jobs since 1990. It's gained back just over 1,000 manufacturing jobs since Biden took office, compared to about 3,000 under Trump. This is Biden's first trip to Maine as president. Coming up, Hollywood actors on strike turn to a local food bank. With a simple flash of a union card, members can pick up $300 worth of groceries once a week. And air-conditioned shipping containers provide shelter for the homeless in Phoenix. Temperatures have reached over 110 degrees for 28 consecutive days. We'll have the details soon when we return. General Motors executive has warned the Biden administration about the cost of its proposed emission rules changes. GM executive David Strickland said that the auto industry could face 100 to 300 billion dollars in penalties from 2027 to 2031. He said this would cost buyers as much as $4,300 per vehicle after the new rules start. GM and other major car makers want the EPA to soften emission requirements calling them neither reasonable nor achievable. However, the National Highway and Safety Administration said GM's estimation is pure speculation and inaccurate, and one agency official said the White House proposal would save consumers a combined $50 billion in fuel costs over a car's lifetime. New Jersey is waiting to collect $117 million in unpaid tolls from 2022. Other states face a similar issue with uncollected tolls. Unpaid tolls in the New Jersey Turnpike reached over $47 million. The Garden State Parkway alone racked up $9 million in unpaid tolls. The Port Authority of New York and New Jersey covering New York is down almost $37 million in unpaid tolls for 2022. Looked at in total, and the number tops $276 million. An audit says a significant number of toll beaters in New York are from out of state, mostly Connecticut and New Jersey. Pennsylvania made a law in November to suspend registrations for ignoring notices to pay tolls. Some Hollywood actors found themselves at the World Harvest Food Bank after spending time on the picket lines. NTD's Andrew Thomas has the latest. Striking actor Nikita Kalame-Harris was the voice of a young Nala in Disney's 1994 hit, The Lion King. She was relieved when she discovered the World Harvest Food Bank was offering $300 worth of free groceries once a week. Just the, the sound of mine or the peace of mind to know, oh, if I'm running low, there's somewhere that has me, that has my back. 
so I can um, little ease on that front um, in terms of not working and not even being able to audition, not even being able to do podcasts. With a simple flash of a union card, members can pick up groceries. Actor Eric Reedy is thankful for the lifeline, given the uncertainty in Hollywood. I feel like most people in Hollywood will tell you this entire year has been one of uncertainty. Um, there's a lot of anxiety towards the future that people have. What with the conditions that SAG and WGA are fighting for, and they're not even coming close to achieving that. World Harvest founder Glenn Corrado says members of the writers and actors unions can count on the food bank. When I made this offer to SAG, and WGA, um, it, it, it just really, really floored me because people were coming in here and they didn't have money. Like, they're on the verge of losing their houses and their cars. Actors went on strike on July 14th and writers walked out on May 2nd. It's the first time both have stopped working in 63 years. This is like a war against AI. This is a war for our livelihoods. This is me helping fuel the strikers as we fight for the future of our profession. Like they, we will become extinct if we do not win this strike, if we do not meet our demands. Studios have had to halt productions across the United States and abroad. Both unions are asking studios for higher pay and guardrails around the use of artificial intelligence. Andrew Thomas, NTD News. Phoenix officials unveiled air-conditioned, solar-powered homes converted from shipping containers on Thursday. They hope the shelters provide a long-term solution for the homeless. NTD's Andrew Thomas brings us this report. Phoenix partnered with nonprofit St. Vincent de Paul and Steel Plus Spark to build the X-Wing. The structure consists of four 40-foot steel shipping containers in the shape of an X. The shelter offers private air-conditioned 5-by-8-foot rooms. I mean, we, I think we all, those of us who have houses and have vehicles, yeah. like even just walking outside, you feel your skin burn. The pavement gets to 180 degrees sometimes. People come with third degree burns. 20 current residents of St. Vincent de Paul's Washington Relief Center will move into the new units. Berg has seen the effects of the heat on the homeless firsthand. Every, every day we're talking in the news about homelessness in Phoenix and the heat in Phoenix. And so this project is amazing in that it's tackling both of those things at once. This is completely off the grid. We need to figure out as a community how to get ourselves more off the grid. For lead architect Zach Burns, this is one of his most rewarding experiences in his 25-year career. Um, you know, we have designed a lot of buildings, but nowhere have I worked on a project where there is such a direct connection to actually helping someone and getting someone off the street and into an air-conditioned room um, with such dignity. Temperatures in Phoenix have reached over 110 degrees for 28 consecutive days, setting a new record. According to studies by the CDC, allergies caused by red meat are on the rise and present an emerging public health concern. The agency says the allergy is caused by certain types of ticks on the North American continent. According to the CDC, the allergy is said to cause alpha-gal syndrome, or AGS. It's a serious and potentially life-threatening allergic reaction. Alpha-gal is a type of sugar found in most mammals. The syndrome is said to be caused by the lone star tick, which can transfer alpha-gal into an individual's body. The tick can be found across the southeastern and eastern U.S., as well as Mexico and parts of Canada. 
The insect gets its name from the single spot on its back. The CDC says over 100,000 cases have been officially identified between 2010 and 2022, with the actual number of AGS cases may be higher. An urgent warning for U.S. citizens in Haiti. All non-emergency personnel were ordered to depart from the Caribbean country yesterday. The order follows a U.S. Embassy travel advisory urging U.S. nationals to leave the country immediately. That's due to recent armed clashes between criminal groups and police in Port-au-Prince. The State Department issued a warning of a high threat of violent crime and kidnapping throughout the city. Authorities say the capacity to provide emergency services to U.S. citizens is severely constrained. And if you have any news tips or feedback for the show, please feel free to email us at news.today at ntd.com. After the break, we'll look at how U.S. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin accuses China of bullying in the Pacific, noting Beijing's departure from the rules-based international order. And Hong Kong's top court denies Beijing's bid to ban a protest song. The anthem emerged during widespread pro-democracy protests four years ago. More shortly here on NTD News Today. Back to the news. Is Beijing supplying Russia's war in Ukraine? A U.S. intelligence report is unveiling new evidence and how China is helping the Kremlin evade Western sanctions. Let's zoom in. According to the latest report from the U.S. Office of the Director of National Intelligence, China is providing some dual-use technology that Russia's military uses to continue the war in Ukraine. That's despite international sanctions and export controls. These technologies include navigation equipment, jamming technology, and fighter jet parts. As of March, over $12 million in drones and drone parts went from China to Russia. Citing customs data, the report finds the major players to be China's state-owned defense companies and their sanctioned Russian counterparts. Meanwhile, the report says Kiev has also spotted more Chinese components and weapons used by Russia. Beijing has long denied supplying any military aid to Russia, but the two nations uphold a no-limits partnership throughout the war. According to the report, Beijing has become the top buyer of Russian crude oil since the start of Western sanctions. That, along with expanded purchases of Russian natural gas and other energy exports. Total bilateral trade hit a record high in 2022. Beijing also allegedly used its financial system to allow Russia to conduct transactions unfettered of Western interdiction. The Biden administration has sounded the alarm that communist China might be offering lethal aid to Russia, but officials have repeated there is no evidence of lethal aid transfers for battlefield use. Some news from Asia. First, China is accused of bullying the Pacific. U.S. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin called out Beijing for departing from the rules-based international order. We've seen troubling PRC coercion from the East China Sea to the South China Sea to right here in the Southwest Pacific. And we'll continue to support our allies and partners as they defend themselves from bullying behavior. Austin launched bilateral talks in Australia aimed at countering Beijing's growing influence in the Indo-Pacific region. He joined the annual Australia-U.S. ministerial consultations along with U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken. China has limited imports of Australian goods in recent years, but their ties are thawing under Canberra's new government. Meanwhile, the U.S. is also moving to bolster relations with this key Pacific ally. 
Another country in the Indo-Pacific is looking to forge deeper ties with Washington. Japan has released its annual defense white paper. The paper highlighted cooperation with the U.S. and other allies in addressing regional security challenges. Those include China's military aggressiveness in Taiwan and the East China Sea, North Korea's ballistic missile tests, and Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Tokyo announced plans late last year to double defense spending over five years, saying it would help deter China from taking armed action. A top court in Hong Kong turned down an effort to ban a protest song known as Glory to Hong Kong. The anthem was widely sung across the city during mass pro-democracy protests in 2019. The song was deemed seditious after Beijing imposed a national security law to crack down on dissent. It was later played mistakenly at several international events. City officials have been pushing for a ban on it, but the court said the move could harm freedom of speech and create potential chilling effects. In a call from India, Prime Minister Narendra Modi said the country wants to become a trusted partner in the semiconductor industry. He said efforts are underway to attract global investors. Earlier today, U.S. chipmaker AMD said it will invest around $400 million in India over the next five years. That's in addition to building its largest design center in the country. The plan aims to shape India into a global chip supplier. Coming up, millions of tourists visit Gaudi's Sagrada Familia, Barcelona's most famous landmark. Officials attempt to strike a balance between the religious and the secular. Details to come on NTD News Today. Welcome back. In Southern Europe, sacred landmarks are finding ways to accommodate both the faithful and millions of tourists. One of those sites is Barcelona's Sagrada Familia Basilica. NTD's Andrew Thomas has more on attempts to strike a balance between the religious and the secular. The Sagrada Familia is Barcelona's most famous landmark. It was designed by modernist architect Antony Gaudi. Millions of tourists flock to the city's iconic basilica. Visitors line up to attend a Sunday morning service. People can experience what Gaudi intended, which is the unique experience of participating in the mystery of the Eucharist. Even those who aren't believers or don't know much about it, it's really a unique experience, and I would like to invite everybody to participate. An increasingly popular strategy is to have different lines for visitors and the devout. It's inevitable. We can't discriminate between those who come for devotion or for tourism. The church is open, and as long as they are respectful of the celebration and don't disturb it, they can do whatever they want. One Sunday Mass is in five languages, Catalan, Spanish, French, Italian, and English. Parts of the liturgy are also sung in Latin. Local resident Anna Beringer says sharing the space seems to work. We've just had the 9 o'clock Mass, and then tourists will be able to visit. I don't know much about how this works, but I have the feeling that timings are fairly distributed, so we locals and the tourists can share the place. Hortensia Burgos says the presence of visitors bothers some more than others. I'm very impartial when it comes to this, but what happens is that during the morning, there are way too many people here, and it can disturb some people and others not. Stephen O'Toole from the United States says that locals should come first. I think it should be given to the people first of the area, but I mean, you do a wonderful job, obviously, to the tourists also. Uh, 
it's just um, it's, it's such a draw that must be so hard to keep both sides happy, you know. A visit to the soaring colorful basilica, its towers and museum cost $30. 3.7 million tourists explored the Sagrada Familia last year. Many people avoid eating fruit while losing weight. This is due to the sweetness of the fruits, but as long as you choose the right type of fruit, the nutrients in it can help the body metabolize, burn fat, and reduce cardiovascular diseases. Here's Gina Marie with Strong Mind and Body. Many people avoid eating fruit while trying to lose weight. But as long as you choose the right type of fruit, the nutrients in them can help the body's metabolism, burn fat, and reduce cardiovascular diseases. Here are five fruits that aid weight loss, starting with number one, tomatoes. The average amount of calories in 100 grams of Roma tomatoes is only 20.5. In other words, they are low in calories and rich in vitamin C, dietary fiber, lycopene, and flavonoids. The antioxidants in tomatoes reduce the risk of inflammation-related diseases. This includes obesity and cardiovascular disease. Number two, berries. Berries such as blueberries, cranberries, strawberries and blackberries are low in calories and high in dietary fiber. For instance, 100 grams of strawberries has an average of 32 calories. Berries are rich in anthocyanins and have strong antioxidant properties. This can participate in fat synthesis in the liver. It also helps to metabolize the accumulated fat in the body. Number three on the list, kiwi fruit. A 100 gram serving of kiwi fruit has 61 calories. Kiwi is rich in vitamin C, folic acid, and dietary fiber, plus they're delicious. The University of Otago in New Zealand published a study in the Journal of Nutrients in 2018. 24 pre-diabetic individuals between the ages of 44 and 85 ate kiwi fruit daily for 12 weeks. The results showed that the addition of kiwi fruit to the diet lowered blood pressure. It also reduced waist circumference by 3.1 centimeters. Number four, guava. Guava is a colorful tropical fruit with a unique tangy flavor. It contains 68 calories per 100 grams. Guava is rich in vitamin C, potassium, and dietary fiber. Dietary fiber provides a sense of fullness when losing weight. Vitamin C reduces cholesterol content in the body. Number five, melons. Melons come in a variety of types and average 36 calories per 100 gram serving. They are suitable for weight loss because of their low calorie count and high water content. Melons are rich in potassium which aids excess sodium excretion and relieves edema. They are also a good source of copper, potassium and vitamins C and B6. So when is the best time to eat fruit? It depends on various scenarios. Eating fruit before meals can increase the feeling of satiety for those who are on a diet. After a meal, enjoy fruits such as papaya, kiwi fruit, and pineapple, which aid digestion and promote metabolism. Eat fruits rich in organic acids within one hour after a workout to help regenerate glycogen and repair muscles. So there you have it, five fruits that can help you to lose weight. Tomatoes, berries, kiwi fruit, guava, and melons. An enormous Lebanon bologna sandwich is a hit at a fair in central Pennsylvania. It's billed as one of the largest sandwiches in the world. This 150-foot-long sandwich was made at the Lebanon Area Fair. Lebanese bologna is known for its distinctive smoky and tangy flavor. A large crowd reportedly volunteered to be bologna security. 
They made a sandwich 900 times the normal length, with 600 slices of provolone cheese and 1,200 slices of bologna. Every foot-long bite was sponsored at $100 per foot. The money was donated to Lebanon County Christian Ministries and their efforts to help people dealing with food insecurity in the Lebanon Valley. A dachshund named Twiglet is now back with her owner after a dramatic few days. Police in Saffron Walden, England, say the dog was apparently stolen during this burglary attempt Wednesday. Security video shows a man smashing a patio door to get to the dog. Twiglet's owner was contacted by someone who saw an appeal from police for the dog to be returned. The owners say they are grateful and happy now that Twiglet is back home safe. Police say no arrests have been made in the case. Thank you for tuning in today. I'm Chris Beers.